Just like that, no foreplay. Talking about sex. You just throw me straight in. No readings or uh, uh, preliminaries. Yeah, thank you very much. Anyway, I'm Sean. I'm an alcoholic. Thanks very much, Mark, for asking me along to uh, do the chair here. I don't often get to get asked to do chairs. Um, one of the reasons for that is I live in the middle of nowhere and we don't really have many meetings around. And they, uh, I used to go, I was going to my own home group here, like for, but um, we after we never really got going after COVID. I live in, uh, I live in Hay-on-Wye, which is on the uh, Welsh-English border. Uh, on the Welsh side, I will add, like, you know, where you can actually piss into England or onto England from, 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 from where we are and vice versa, like, and I, um, Anyway, I'm I'm Sean. I'm an alcoholic, and I'm here to speak about my alcoholism. Uh, I'm uh, I'm very pleased. I got sober many years ago, and I got sober in Alcoholics Anonymous in London. And the um, um, it's been a wonderful trip, really. Like I really, I kind of to say it's a different life. Like is a, there's no way like can I describe the difference in life? Like it was a uh, I came from some sort of uh, some human, subhuman into becoming, uh, evolving as a human being. Like, you know, I was the kind of missing link, as it were, like, uh, not very human. Like, all the human facilities that one has, like, uh, they were all kind of a uh, drained out of me through my alcoholism. Uh, and I came to A in, the, in September the 15th, 1975. And I thought I'd get three days relief. And uh, I haven't had a drink since, I'm very pleased to say. And I also like to add, I've been off my knee knees ever since. Alcohol had my had me on my knees, and the uh, 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 sobriety got me off my knees. Um, so, I'll tell you what it was like, what it was like, and I always think it's uh, excellent, like the whole uh, hey, paradigm, what it was like, what's happening, and what it's like now. It's a winner. Uh, uh, we're not all the same. We all have different roots. We all, you know, like we were all the same. Like you know, like uh, I think eh, if it's anything, it's the celebration of differences. Although many people won't allow you to be different, uh, but we're all different anyway. Like I'm not claiming any sort of a uh, monopoly on being different to everybody else. Like I'm different to a lot of people, and I've got my own story. And they, um, I knew when I came into it, I accepted. I was 28, going on 90. And I accepted without a shadow of doubt like that I was an alcoholic. And I'd known, I started drinking when I was 17. I was in Dublin. I was working as a fireman in Dublin. I'd moved up there from Wexford. And they, uh, I started drinking in Donahue's pub in Merrion Row in Dublin. Like many of you who know Dublin would know Donahue's. It was where the folk revival started. Like it was the place where men had begged beers and drank gallons of Guinness. And there was me in there, like standing at the counter, spitting. With the best of them, like and drinking, sort of learning how to drink gallons of Guinness, and right from the start, like there was issues around it. Well, I'm not altogether surprised because I always had an ambition to be a drunk. Like I remember going to a flakyol in Ireland when I was about 14, when I wasn't drinking. A flakyol is a feast of music, and you could add it as a feast of drinking. And I thought the crack was absolutely wonderful. I thought I'm going to have some of that, like you know. And uh, so anyway. So anyway, there was problems with the drink from the start, like, and uh, shortly after I was having blackouts and the, uh, uh, my landlady locking me out of the premises, like, and me getting in over the wall at the back. And uh, 
uh, not realizing there was glass on the wall and getting the massive cut on my leg, uh, that sort of thing. Like anyway, I was six months after I started drinking, I was in London and that was a rite of passage then. It was 1965, we all came to London. As I said before, the meeting, the big attraction was the Beatles and French letters. People had come home like from England and they sort of show you like this, pull this thing out of their pocket like, and uh, <laughs> probably the same one they still had 50 years later unused. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I would say we'll have it. We'll have a bit of that. So off I trot to London anyway. Like and uh, so, um, when I came into A, like I heard it said, like that alcoholism is a progressive illness, and uh, I wasn't too fussed about the illness. I knew whatever it was, it was progressive. And I, I kind of was able to look back on my own experience with alcohol, like those eleven years of drinking. Uh, first of all, I'd never seemed to cross any thin red line into alcoholism. I was always sort of, a, I seemed to be across the line from the start. And uh, second, the progressive nature of it. I was able to sort of have a quick sort of a assessment of the progressive nature. When I was younger, in my sort of early 20s, say, like I could drink all around the clock. Like I go drinking like for weekends, they go to Belgium, like Belgium was great country, like, you know. I fucked if I know what they did there, like, but the pubs were open 24 hours anyway, like, and uh, and you come back in bits, like, well, I could do that sort of thing. But at the end of my drinking, I was getting drunk very easy, and the, uh, the effects of the alcoholism were sort of getting worse and worse and worse. Um, so um, I lost many jobs. I was homeless. Um, a lot of that had to do with naivety and stupidity. Uh, losing jobs had to do with sort of going to, a couple of jobs I started drunk and they uh, sort of decided they didn't want that sort of employee like and they uh, and uh, they, they, they sacked me before I got going like you know so uh, so anyway I was in many jobs and life was tough like <laughs> I never wasted any money it was all spent on alcohol and there, there really was no existence at all like in the there was no life apart from drinking and all of my friends like i lived in earl's court in london for many of those years like and all of my friends were like myself they were jocks paddies sort of a the odd uh uh geordie and various other people they were all i started working in the building trade as 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 one does like you know like one's us irish like it's in our dna like shovel and pick and borrow and get out there like and do your bit like and come on there horse let's see the steam rise off you and I, I i quite enjoyed that kind of a life because you didn't have to wash or you didn't have to do anything really you turn up and get subs and whatever else uh, uh and uh, all of my friends worked in the building trade like and i quite they were the best people i've ever worked with really Later on, when I became middle class, if you can believe it, <laughs> I, I look at the people I've worked with, the fuckers like to stab you in the back, like, you know, I'm telling you what a wonderful person you are. But the builders, like, I love the builders and the people. And many of my friends are uh, today are builders. Uh, um, um, so anyway, um, so what happened to me anyway? Like, I kind of a... Uh, um, I, 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 I got, I got ill. I was having convulsions from withdrawals from drink, and they, uh, I, I, um, I remember I was carried off to building sites in ambulances, and they, uh, uh, and um, one of them wouldn't let me back in until I got a, uh, a doctor's certificate to say I was fit and healthy enough. The last thing they want is dead bodies on their building sites, like cost too much money, and they have, have health and safety to come in. Anyway, I, during that was the period, then I came to a, and they, uh, as I said, I'd known about Alcoholics Anonymous. A friend of mine had joined 
Alcoholics Anonymous. Pat might have remembered Nicky Fleming, Pat. Uh, Nicky, little court Nicky. Nicky was a lovely man, like, but I drunk with Nicky uh, back in the day. And uh, Nicky, um, I met him in a club somewhere in London. It was a She Bean in London. Like, that's the sort of places you end up when you're 18 and 19, She Beans. And they, uh, this place, like, the uh, only thing I remembered about it, it had two tellies in there. One was sound and one was the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Nicky, anyway, I, I, I'd met Nicky. I used to meet Nicky around, like, and uh, and uh, he told me he joined Alcoholics Anonymous. So I always associated Alcoholics Anonymous with Nicky. Like, I've had a bet some of those vampires you meet, like, going around sort of so spiritual gurus you meet. If, 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 if that had been my association with it, it would never have attracted me. But Nicky was the man, anyway, who I associated with, and a lovely man, and they. Uh, uh, and uh, so I came into it anyway, as I say, like hoping that it would give me three days relief. And they, um, I sat there at my first meeting and they, uh, and they, it was about a dozen. It was in Talgarth Road in West Kensington, Kensington London. And they, um, they all shared. I remember there was a friend of mine there at the meeting when I went in. I thought, oh, Jesus, how embarrassing. And uh, anyway, <laughs> then it occurred to me, well, he's here for the same as myself. And he said, there's your chair, Sean. We've been holding that one for you. So I thought that was a nice welcome. And they, um, they all shared their, uh, they shared whatever it was, these dozen people. Like, and they were very ordinary people. And they were talking about alcoholism and alcoholism, their alcoholism, their experience, and how now they weren't drinking. And uh, there's no way could I deny that. Like, you know, I was very much a, a doubting Thomas on everything, like. And I, I thought, well, if they're all not drinking, like there's a solution here and they're all not drinking by coming here. And I, I thought, well, I've got one thing going for me, like, you know, like there's two things going for me. I'm young and I'm Irish. And I, uh, I'm not quite sure, like, how I thought, like, being Irish is going to be of any great benefit. Of course, it wasn't a great benefit back then. We've all become the... Uh, the, the flavor of the day since uh, 1975. Like before 1975, as many of you will know, we were all paddies, like, you know, no dogs, no Irish, no blacks, sort of thing. Like, anyway, um, uh, I, um, I, I, that, that meeting, that, the word, very important this bit is like the word God was mentioned at the meeting. And I thought, oh, fuck. Now, it wasn't that I was a disbeliever, a non-believer, an atheist, an agnostic, or a failed Catholic or anything. It was just that I thought, I've got to jump through another hoop here. And this all was amazing. I never quite knew what this God business was all about, like, you know. Uh, and I thought, well, I could fail on that. I know I want to stop drinking, but I'm not quite sure about this other thing. I'd love to know what it is like, and uh, uh, so as I could actually learn how to do it. And uh, anyway, the relief was that the word God and fuck were mentioned in the same sentence. And I thought that was a savior for me. That was absolutely brilliant, like, you know, like, and they, uh, so anyway, I left that meeting, that night, I left that meeting, I left, I was a free man. I was a free man. I felt absolutely amazed at that. And I went home and I didn't sleep for three nights with excitement. Normally I couldn't sleep for three nights with dementia. I was demented, like, you know, like I could pick up drops falling off a roof three blocks away, like, you know, when I wasn't unconscious with drink. And I was awake for three nights. I had to get up. I had to get up early in the morning. I lived in what you call a pit. We used to call them pits. I'm sure some of you have lived in pits. And they, uh, and they, uh, I had to go and see the, uh, the, the, the consultant at the doctor about my epilepsy. And I remember I hadn't washed. I had, I, I had hydrophobia. 
I was terrified of getting into the bath, like, and they, uh, uh, in case I had the convulsion in the bath. Uh, and, they, uh, and I hadn't watched for quite a while. But my intention was to get up early anyway and go and see this consultant. And I, I went to sleep when I should have been getting up. So I went off to see this consultant, a very smelly man. And they, uh, anyway, he informed me that I, I wasn't a, a, an epileptic. They'd done the test like and I wasn't epileptic. And uh, so I said to him, well, perhaps it might be the drink. And uh, I, I, he, said, he said, that could be it. Like, and I hadn't mentioned anything about drink or anybody ever asked me about drink. Like, I always say I had a few pints. Like, and uh, um, and they, uh, anyway, so that was it. So that was it. So that was my. So that was my sober. So what have I done then to stay sober? Like I, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm grateful to a not sort of a secular a or uh, a Celtic football club a or whatever. Like I'm just grateful to a like all the people who were at my first meeting, the people who still go on. Oh, some, some of them like you know, like I wouldn't have drunk with. I can assure you, and likewise they wouldn't have drunk with me. I'm sure, like with us neither here nor there. So I've, I, I got, I kind of. I, I remember there was no great big push like in a when I came in to get a sponsor, but there was one clown going around like who was trying to recruit young men like me. It was always young men like this uh, this person. I told him I didn't want a sponsor. Thank you very thank you very much. And the uh, so I've I've never had a sponsor like you know like and for some reason or other like I seem to get by like I haven't had a drink. Uh, I see sponsorship around a is a kind of a as a kind of cloning. Uh, uh, not cloning, grooming, uh, and the uh, so anyway, I've got some very good friends, and they always have. I stay in touch with a lot of my old friends, like who I got sober with, and the uh, um, and we meet up occasionally. We started the Zoom meeting there at the beginning of lockdown, like and not a lot of me used to turn up there. The thing about it was the vast majority never found God somewhere other along the way, like or they found God and disposed of God. Um, yeah, so I, I I I became involved. I've been a, a dishwasher. When I came into it, I was an unemployable dishwasher, and uh, uh, so I had this skill. Like, and when people were looking for people in it to do service, well, I was the dishwasher, and I did the dishes and cleaned the ashtrays. Uh, and uh, that the um, the principle involved in being of use. Uh, it was something I didn't know about. I was just a, a net taker in every every sort of relationship. Everything I got into as a drunk. And this principle of doing the ashtrays or doing the washing up at the AA meeting is the very same as being chair of whatever it is I've been chair of since. Like it's been of service uh, and it's been of service like this benefited me greatly, like in whatever sort of level. And they, uh, so I didn't drink at this time. I went to meetings and was involved in meetings and involved. I've been involved in all levels of AA. Like I've never not gone to AA. Like I've always enjoyed uh, what he has got to offer my friends enjoy meeting up with them every week and whatever else like and the uh, uh, I was when I was about six months sober probably I probably around then I, I got a big book because I, I wouldn't have been able to read anything like you know like before then but by the time I got to the end of a sentence like I'd forgotten what was at the beginning like and the uh, let alone getting to the end of the chapter and like wondering what, what what was at the beginning of this chapter. But anyway, I read the big book and I, I it was a big book. It was kind of it didn't speak to me. It didn't really speak to me. There was all of these wasps, you know, white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, like and they were all professionals, like and I was a uh, low life scumbag, like uh, and a uh, unemployable dishwasher, which I'd worked hard to work my way down to. 
And I, uh, I'd never actually lost anything, as it were, in my life. I'd never had wives, professions, jobs, houses uh, to lose, like, you know. I, I started off my drinking career with one foot in the gutter. But um, well, when I, I didn't identify with this lot whose stories were in there, nor did I identify with Bill W. wrote the big book. Uh, uh, it's not AA's story at all. It's not the first 100 members. Uh, if anybody hasn't read the uh, writing the big book, magnificent book, highly recommended, like William Shaver, uh, uh, that tells you all about it. It just confirmed to me like a lot of stuff I already knew. Uh, that was all Bill W's story. Everything is in the big book, like when what what AA is. It was, wasn't the experience of the 100 first 100 members. Because the first 100 members, anyway, half of them went and got pissed again. So. Um, Anyway, but what I did identify, where I did get my identification, I managed to kind of uh, put my own story together, so to speak, was the kind of the, the oral tradition. Like uh, uh, it was the people in the meetings who identified with all those lovely blood and snotters. Jesus, I loved them. They were great. They were my people. Uh, and they, uh, uh, so it was very important for me to get a handle on my, if I wasn't one thing or another, my when looking at my character defects, for instance, um, it wasn't the things that I'd done which I shouldn't have been doing. Like it was the things I wasn't doing which I should have been doing. It was all about omission, like sins of omission, if you want to call them that. And they, um, so anyway, I kind of gradually I found my own way in it. Like and I did this basically by staying away from a drink of one day at a time, and the the effects of not drinking a day at a time are uh, just like the effects of drinking a day at a time, only in reverse. Uh, you kind of exponentially get well, uh, just by not drinking, like the whole effort of not drinking, like, and then having all these great mates around, like, you know, who we used to have coffee with. And basically, we used to tell each other dirty stories, like keep away from the people who spoke in, you do a one, five, and eight, and speak to your sponsor and all that. We didn't have much time for those. Like, Pat knows a lot of these people, like, and Pat will have been one of them at one time, like, and they, uh, uh, and they, uh, so, um, yeah, uh, and the good thing about it is that we're all still around, like, you know, and uh, we didn't drink a day at a time. There, the, sometimes you hear it said in a, like, what kept me sober yesterday won't, kept me so, won't keep me sober today. And I think that's bollocks, like, because what kept me sober yesterday is what keeps me sober today, i.e. not drinking a day at a time. And because I'm not drinking, I can tweak my life. If issues arise, like, it is a kind of a, it's a reflective exercise, like one can reflect, like the sort of thing one never, uh, well, I never did before, like, because I didn't have the ability to reflect because I was always going for a drink. Uh, so, so, so that's a, that was one aspect of, a, of the whole thing, like, and because I wasn't drinking, like I was able to tweak my life and they, uh, and get things better and stop pissing myself and uh, any number of other things. I was able to hold on to jobs a lot longer, but the, uh, I, I discovered somewhere along the way I was constitutionally incapable of being an employee. And uh, I, I kind of started working for myself. Like, and the, uh, 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 So I, uh, I went to meetings. I did all these things, didn't drink at the time. I went back. I, I, went, I went, didn't go back to study and I started studying and uh, I became unemployable as a, a higher degree then after all of that, like, you know, I became a right smart arse, like, you know, and, uh, but anyway, the thing about it is like, as a, um, it's a, um, say as, as, as a, um, that great uh, Scottish drunk, what R.D. Lang used to say, like, you know, like, experience isn't what happens to you, it's what you do 
with what happens to you like and that is very true like because I didn't have to react to things like I could work out maybe better ways to go like about my life and they uh when I remember I was working for a friend of mine like in still in the building trade like and uh he rang me up one Sunday night and he sacked me and they uh so I thought well fuck me and not again like you know and uh, and so that was the time I decided I'd go out and study I knew a few people in here who uh who were actually who who'd gone back to study and like after they got sober, um, so anyway, I'm not drinking a day at a time and uh, I'm going to meetings and uh, I got around to looking at steps and uh, I realised I'd done step one to three like you know like step three is what I did the day at my first meeting I made a commitment to AA and uh, step two is what step one was I knew about that. The odd thing about it, hey, doesn't the, the big book doesn't say much about not drinking a day at a time. I don't think there's anything at all in there about not drinking a day at a time. And uh, that's what I did, like a drinking, not drinking a day at a time. And that's what saved my life. So I accepted that I was alcohol, an alcoholic a long time before I came into a, like within a year or two of me starting drinking, I knew one drink was was a uh, too many and a thousand weren't enough like so that's my definition of alcoholism it'll do me thank you very much i'm not couldn't care less about what all of these academics come out with all these isms and people talk about i suffer from alcoholism uh, i don't have any of the other isms and they uh, and uh, so uh, um by not drinking a day at a time i kind of can recover from alcoholism step two i just made a uh, uh, I came to believe that something or other like might be able to kind of uh, uh, sort me out like and uh, so that was it really like so I took took step two before coming into a uh, on my way to my first meeting and when I decided to go but when I did step four and I step five which I did uh, uh, they were um, back in the 60s if anybody remembers the 60s so we used to say far out man and too much man and all that shit like you know and I um we used to also add to that sort of know yourself and be free, man. And I uh, never had a clue what it meant. Not a clue. Like, until I did these steps four and five. And those that those words, he, after stopping drinking, they were the most powerful things that I'd, I'd ever done, like, in my, in my life. Uh, knowing I could actually change. I could direct the course of my life. I could uh, stop reacting to things and... Uh, Kind of sail my own canoe, so to speak, like, and uh, and work things out, like, which what what I wanted to do, and uh, thereafter, really, if people sort of said to me, "Well, you can't think that, Sean, or you can't do that, Sean," or uh, uh, that doesn't sound too right to me, like, I was able to, I was, I, I, I felt a, uh, um, uh, I had the confidence to tell them to fuck off. And this is me, like, and if you didn't like that, that's got nothing to do with you, like, you know, whoever my my route in life. And that was one of the reasons, that was one of the things that kind of um, uh, improved my my, 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 my sobriety, uh, being able to do that. Like, But it's uh, being able to be myself with a degree of trust, though, like, and then later on, like, when I became unemployable on a higher level, like, you know, when I started working for myself, I became a book dealer. Uh, and uh, I was always a big book man. And they, uh, and they, um, uh, so uh, I love the contact. I, I, when I came around first, like, you know, I wasn't a reader or a studier or a student or an academic or anything like that. Uh, but I started reading some of these books that were around then. Like, it was kind of Krishnamurti seemed to be big. And I kind of had a look at him and I thought, nah, shite. Like, I'll stick with Christy Murphy far better. And I, uh, so uh, 
uh, I, I looked at some other stuff, and there was Marxist theories of alienation, and they were the greatest sort of a, uh, a, a um, uh, uh, liber, li, liber, liberatory things that liberated me far more than any of that sort of spiritual guff like and all like that uh, that was around that lots of people used to read. Nothing people who only read one book like suggested you should be reading that as well. They suggested all their friends should, should be reading this one book. Dear God, this is Anna. I remember that was one of them. Like <laughs> uh, so. So anyway, I. I uh, this self-knowledge bit, like, was a very powerful thing to have, like, and as I say, like, I kind of, uh, oh, yeah, I was going to talk about, Sartre used to write about uh, bad faith. Bad faith, like, it's mauvais um, foi, as we say in French. Uh, um, okay, there you go, like, I'm showing off now. Uh, that's the only French I know. Um, but it was a... Uh, um, being for other, living your life as other people perceive you as to be, like, you know, like, uh, he had an example of a waiter sort of behaving, walking like a penguin, like, because that's what they were supposed to be. But anyway, this kind of whole concept, it freed me, like, to be what I am or what I want to do, as kind of, uh, uh, look to look to my own aspirations, like, and, uh, and the, uh, um, so, so that was very powerful. I would, the step four and five, that's what was for, as far as I was concerned, like, I looked at all the other steps, like six, seven, step 11, it doesn't really apply to me. I don't do prayer or meditation. Um, at the, our meeting the other week here at my own little home group here, uh, uh, someone did this, or I kind of, someone asked me to do a reading, start the meeting off, and, uh, and uh, we get about a dozen people at it. And uh, so it was about prayer and meditation. And I sort of said, well, that's all beyond me. I don't do any of that. Like, you know, like it's not for me. Like, and the, was funny, like the way the meeting went. The next person came in, and they said they didn't either. And the next person came in, and nobody did this prayer and meditation thing. And they all said, "How about?" But if the first person had to come in and say, "Like, oh, I'd be lost without prayer and meditation. It's what keeps me sober, my conscious contact with my heart." They all would have been coming in, like saying, "This was gum like, you know." So, so anyway, uh, uh, the message here is to. <laughs> Is to be yourself and share your own truth. Like, as uh, I, there was meetings I used to go to in London where they all used to kind of sit around and hold hands and I'd uh, do this hokey pokey at the end of the meeting whilst they were uh, seeing the serenity prayer. And they add all these things, like, they get them all from, it's all Californian, like, you know, like I've got far more problems with Californian gump than I have with the, uh, sorry there, Jim, with all of this, uh, with, with Catholicism and religion in AA, like, and they, uh, uh, anyway, I stopped doing this, like the three meetings I used to go to in London. And lo and behold, like before long, like I just, I just sit it out, like, you know, and, uh, and, and other people then like said, I think maybe we should stop doing it. I had a group conscience meeting and at all the meetings, they stopped doing it. Like, you know, they stopped doing it at my meeting when I came to live where I am. They used to do it as well. But after about a year, like they kind of said, uh, likewise, yeah, I think we should stop doing it. So what I'm saying is that uh, by... I, I, I don't know, is this still, is this a, a non-secular meeting, uh, uh, Mark? Is it a, are you still a secular meeting or just a load of fucking loonies? Yeah, you are. No, it's very important, like, to go to meetings and and, uh, and share, like, you know, because other people, when they see that uh, I'm sober, for instance, they realize, like, uh, um, 
uh, that is impossible to get sober without uh, without spirituality. Without, but I don't use spirituality either. The most meaningless concept in the in the English dictionary. Uh, uh, and uh, they see you as an example of what it is like, and they will follow along like, and and, and uh, they don't have to follow the other stuff like, which is all a bit of a mystery for you anyway, because most of it's just nodding heads like. I think uh, there's no great understanding. And I think it's very important to go along to our meetings and, uh, and, and spread the gospel of non-belief in AA. Like, and, uh, I'm going to stop there, Jim. I'm going to thank you very much all for, for listening to me. And uh, it's very nice to see you all. And, uh, and uh, yeah, next week I'll come back and do my... What are you saying there? I've got something, uh, everybody. I don't know what's that saying there, Mark. Something or other, yeah. Good on you. Thanks. Thanks, Jim. <laughs>